Welcome to the Just Bold Go podcast, where we help women and a few cool dudes face their fears, set goals, make game plans, and generally take their current circumstances by the balls so they can live a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. All right, so I have with me today, like this woman is no joke, one of my favorite people. I love to hear her talk simply because of her accent, but also because the things that she says are so smart and so just I'll let you listen because you are, she's going to blow you away. All right. So this is my friend, Elle Edwards. And Elle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. No, like no pressure, you know, <laughs> I know introduction. You deliver, so it's all good. Like you're an author and you have, you know, tell me about the project that you do though. You or like, what's tell, tell us all about that. It, it actually started out as a frustration thing because I fell into this world of online business back in 2010. Yeah, so 10 years ago, which is crazy, um, our church founded a charity. And so I fell onto Twitter trying to like raise the profile of the charity and then fell into this world of people earning money in their pajamas, which incidentally, I wasn't going to tell you this. I am actually wearing my pajamas. I put a nice and tidy top on underneath <laughs> because I'm going to get the bells later. I thought, well, anyway, that's an aside. I fell into this world of people earning money in their pajamas. I thought, oh, I want a piece of that. I had children at home and I started doing business training. I went round and round in circles for a long time. What's my thing? What am I here to do? And it was really, really depressing because I didn't know what my thing was so I gave up I thought you know what I'm just going to be me and so I started a whole other business just being myself and very long story short going around all of the houses ultimately the conclusion I came what came to was it doesn't really matter day by day what you do in terms of details ultimately your thing is simply to be yourself and if you can show up every single day just ideally fully self-expressed and sometimes we do have to moderate ourselves a little bit depending upon the circumstances even I have to do that sometimes but if we can just be ourselves we can apply that in lots of different examples and different places and it allows us to be happier it allows the people around us to be happier because we're not like all the time that's the essence of you yeah my goal really ultimately with the work I'm doing now is to help Christians specifically because there's too many grumpy horrible Christians out there in the world I've got the faith and happiness playground helping Christians be the people that God made them to be so they can be happier and more joyful and less horrible and ugh, which I know you and I share a passion for Amanda <laughs> that's yeah, it I'm a member of the, the playground that she just mentioned and it's fantastic and I love it and you should join it oh thank you <laughs> Okay. So, you know, one of the things that I've learned from you and, you know, you have a book about it and it's amazing, but goal setting is Mm -hmm. that, you know, women struggle with so hard. And like for me personally, when I started my business, I had this goal of paying off the debt. And once the debt was paid off, I was in a place that was so amazing. And so nothing like what I ever would have thought of it being that I kind of stopped setting goals for a while because I thought, where God's going to take me is so much more amazing than anything I could dream up myself. I realized mm-hmm. the error of my ways just a few years ago, actually, I kind of floated for quite a while. You know, God can't help you if you're not helping yourselves, really. Like you have to set a goal and start moving in that direction and then be open to what he is, yeah. you know, where he's going to take you. You can't just not set goals. So I know that you are the goal setting. We <laughs> 
science behind it. And, you know, you explain it so much better than I can, but like, I love to hear you talk about how it all works. Well, the funny thing is actually, I used to be terrible at setting goals because remember the bit I told you about earlier on where I was going to do this business and literally every single December I'd sit down, I'd review the year and go, I'd be so fed up because I promised myself this year and the books is a good example. I'd get to every December and go, oh, I didn't write the books. And every January I'd write down books. Okay, I'm going to write books. I'm going to write books. And this went on for such a long time. And I tried so many different things, you know, writing letters to your future self and all of these different things that people tell you to try and do. And ultimately, this is going to sound really random, it was a, a fiction series that actually gave me the big aha because there's a lady called Cathy Bramley, I think her name is. She's a British author. Lots of her books are written and released as novellas in four parts. I thought, right, okay, well, if I'm going to write a book, I'm a little bit impetuous. What if I don't enjoy it? I'm gonna, and so instead of writing a whole book, I'm going to write just a teeny tiny quarter of a book. And then if I like it, I'll do the next bit. And so I, that's how I started writing fiction. And as a result of doing that, I was like, oh, this breaking things down thing is actually quite a good idea because I don't know about you, Amanda, but for me, a goal, like a year into the future, setting goals for the year, I'm like, uh, you know, tell me that I'm going to, yeah, it's just impossible. So instead I advocate and prefer these 90 day goals, but the bit that's really important and the the massive takeaway, if we leave your listeners with nothing else, is the idea that you want to set goals that you actually want to get done. And you mentioned God in this as well. So what I would encourage people to do is if, if you are a person of faith, do this with God. That's been a big shift for me literally in the last year. So really, because I, I mean, I prayed the prayer when I was 12 and all the rest of it. And, but even though I was a Christian business owner, I was doing business for God rather than with God. In the last year, I've been doing it with him. So if you're a person of faith, what I'm about to describe, you can do it with him. Like literally sit down, cup of coffee. Okay, God, what are we going to do? And then listen and hear what comes up. But if you're not a person of faith, it doesn't matter. You can still do this because I call it the perfect ordinary day exercise. Have you done this, Amanda? Uh-huh. Yeah, because you don't book. Okay. Well, I know that you've read the book, but sometimes people just do them in their heads and they don't. No, but I did the whole thing. It was wow. like nice. it actually shifted, like actually, because I think it was almost a year ago, maybe, maybe six months ago that I finally did it. Like, and it really, it really shifted things, honestly. Brilliant. So. Well, it's, it's a fun writing exercise. So what you do, and, and the book is available for free on Amazon, so people can get it if they want to. But the, the first exercise is perfect ordinary day exercise is you sit down okay, and you imagine if every single day was the same now it's an ordinary day it's not like a holiday vacation birthday it's your everyday getting up going to work day what would that perfect ordinary day look like and you need to describe it you write it down as a writing exercise but there's two key things thing number one is that you don't have to do it within the remit of like oh I've got to pick the kids up from school at 3 p.m it doesn't matter you've got to let go of all of the sort of time and space stuff don't worry about the logistics of oh well that's impossible because your brain does clever stuff we'll get to that in a minute hopefully but just have fun with it and see what comes up because ultimately then you'll unlock as you discovered Amanda you'll unlock potentially things that you didn't even realize were part of what you imagined for yourself and some of this stuff will be way off in the future and that's where the 90 day thing comes in because then in the book we then break it down well which bit are we going to focus on now or which bits but you start by dreaming because otherwise if you just go okay randomly pick some goals you know there's a tendency to 
base goals based on what we think we should what should we want we as women do this a lot or we should do this god because the kids are little or the kids are this oh you know instead of actually what lights us up and actually gets us excited and this is where the god bit comes in and if you do it with god he'll sometimes pop things into your head you're like for example okay i'm going to declare this loudly and i know i've shared this with you already but one of the things that came up for me when i was dreaming this is sort of three years into the future was creating an actual in-person version of the faith and happiness playground in france Now, as you will have gathered from the accent, I'm not French. I live in the UK. We left the EU two weeks ago. Uh, So logically, there's no way I can possibly, aside from the money factor, which I can't afford it, there's no way I can own a property in France very easily. But it's there now. uh, And God is going, this is in your future sometime. I'm letting go of the logistics of how we make that happen right now. We're just going to go with the flow. But it does unlock stuff. Um, And then the other piece, which I think I mentioned in the book was my concrete example. I used to write down every single year this picture of us all. I've got three children, animals and stuff, sitting outside together, having breakfast every morning. There's a reason why the grass in Wales is so green. It rains a lot. It is cold. It is dark. Eating breakfast outside will probably only work for maybe six weeks of the year, if you're lucky. And also, not to mention the fact that one of my children hates breakfast. However, writing that down during the exercise, it was about unlocking those feelings that are attached to it. So we then, the room where, we, you know, you don't know where my house is, there's this room we've got here. We've knocked down this sort of playroom, which now means the door opens out into the garden. So it's got that outside in feeling, which my idea of breakfast outside kind of unlocked. So my, my point being, rambly, sorry, is that don't worry about the logistics too much. By just doing this first exercise and having fun with it and playing with it, your brain then later on can go, okay, figure out the bits that are important and then actually make stuff in reality. Does that sort of make sense and answer your yes, question? Yes, absolutely. And okay, so, phew. I love it. And that's a lot of it is like not being too attached to what your thing is because it may show up in a way that's completely different than what you imagined. And it usually never, like the road that you have planned is never the road that actually gets you there. And what's mm-hmm. going to happen on the way? Like that's the most exciting part for me is like, oh yeah. Who knows? I mean, when I started my business, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know. I'd never, I'd been to Ireland one time because my dad lived there. Now I've been three times for my business. And it's just like, who knew such amazing happened just from this one thing. So it should. So that's the problem. We get this idea of what things should look like. I mean, you've seen it with the playground. You tell people that I thought that, you know, conventional business wisdom was if you're going to have a membership, then you should offer like, lots of coaching calls and whatever and I love it when we get together ad hoc and as you know we're doing it at the time recording it like on Friday Mm -hmm. but for me when I actually attach well actually how do I actually want to feel as much as I'm noisy and love people I actually also just like a bit of peace and quiet and the root the structure of every single week it was me leaving me feel trapped but I'd gone down this route because of this is what you should do and it was also almost like, well, okay, well, forget what you should do. What do you actually want to do? What do you want this to look like? So that, that's the other encouragement, I guess, is that, yeah, okay, I'm great at goal setting now, but I don't always get it right. You know, so, th- you know, you don't just do it once and go, yeah, we're magic at this now. It's sort of a day-by-day thing as well. Absolutely. So I know I never say it right, but the part that you talk about where, like, your brain starts recognizing things after you name them, let's tell, tell me about that. <laughs> The reticular activating system. That's is it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, I got told off on LinkedIn 
last year sometime. Well, I'm not told, not properly told off. I'm being overdramatic for the for comic effect. But there was a lady that was, she was describing the reticular activating system. And I got really excited and went off on one on science in the comment section. Only to find out afterwards that she's like a psychologist or a psychotherapist. And she really knew all about the reticular activating system, but she liked to dumb things down for her audience. I was like, oh. But anyway, so the reticular activating system, it doesn't matter if you don't remember the words. I also call it yellow car syndrome. You can't see it behind my shoulder, but I've got a bright yellow car. So people listening to this or watching this, when you found out that you were pregnant or someone you care about is pregnant, you will probably have noticed that all of a sudden you start seeing people pushing pushchairs around or prams or, and this is where the car comes in, you buy a new car, new, new or new to you or whatever. And suddenly you start seeing cars like yours all over the place. My car is bright yellow. I never used to see a single bright yellow car in town until I bought one. Now they're like all over the place. Now you tell me, is that because everybody just suddenly bought yellow cars? No, it's because of the reticular activating system. It's a group of neurons at the back of your brain that act as a filter. Have I ever told you, Amanda, about my real world Facebook example of how this works? No, I don't think so. Ah, well, I would argue that Facebook have actually copied our brains. Everybody knows about the Facebook algorithm, the Facebook algorithm. We know, we're told, oh, well, Facebook can't show you everything, otherwise you'd get overwhelmed. And so Facebook will filter in what you see based on what you like, what you comment on, what you interact with. Your brain does the same thing. That's the reason behind the reticular activating system. If you were to actually consciously notice all of the things going on around you, you'd go bananas or more bananas than you already are. So instead, your brain filters in the things that it deems important to you. So for example, you suddenly buy a new car, ding, ding, your brain thinks that you love, really love those yellow cars, but you can hack your brain. Have you ever tried hacking your Facebook feed by only liking like nice positive yeah. things? Yeah, so exactly the same way that you hack your Facebook feed. So you make a conscious choice not to click on the clickbait links, or you make a conscious choice to click on lots of puppies, for example. You do it with your brain as well. So you've, and you, have to, you have to practice this for a bit because some people don't naturally find it easy to do this, but your brain will help you out. So what you want to do is you want to say, okay, today I'm going to practice looking for the things in my day that are lovely. And so I would encourage you to actually get practical. Put a timer on your phone or buzz on your Fitbit or whatever. And then every time it goes off, right, stop and look around you. What is around me today, right now, this moment that is lovely, that's making me smile? Or in terms of goal setting, what can I see that's reminding me of my goal? Because that's the other part of it. It's not, I get off on the happiness stuff because I like making people smile. But we're talking goal setting. So the reason it works for your goal setting is that because you've gone down and told your brain by thinking it through, these are the things I'm focusing on your brain will start showing you examples. For, for example, I remember oh, a few years ago, I was writing my, um, on my PI books and I was driving along the road and all of a sudden on the side of the road, I saw the man who was going to be the baddie in my book. Like, Jane, I mean, I don't know him from Adam, but he was like, yes, that's what I want the baddie to look like. It was like, oh, okay. And I would, he was just some random dude and he had like um, a fluorescent, fluorescent, I can't say that word very well, jacket on. It was really random. I was like, yes, that's what I wanted to look like because my brain knew I'd be noodling on it. Mm-hmm. So the more that you can practice noodling on stuff, um, and this is where the, I get excited about it, is like, I think it's Philippians 4, 9, where we're told whatever's lovely, and I'm paraphrasing, whatever's lovely, whatever's wonderful, everything that's praiseworthy, delightful, all that stuff, think on that. I maintain that God wrote the book on personal development and why shouldn't he? Because he wired our brains to do this stuff. So the more that you practice looking for those things that are lovely, the more that your brain will go, oh, that's really important to her. And the more your brain will filter those examples in. And so it does become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You spill your coffee in the morning. What do you do? You either say, oh, well, the day's ruined now. Your brain will make it true. Or you go, oh, well, the day can only get better from here. 
and your brain will make it true. And it, it sounds ridiculous, but the more you practice it, the more it, it actually does work. It really does. <laughs> I, mean, I should add the caveat, of course, that, I mean, we're talking about ordinary day-to-day niggles, like tragic stuff. Like I'm not, this is one of the things that I kind of from time to time do have to mention when I write about it, because it's easy for me to go, oh yeah, life's amazing, just focus on the positive and da 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 But then some, sometimes really rough stuff happens. Or even just like, for example, yesterday, one of our dogs, she had to go to the vet. She's fine. But she had to go to the vet to have like a cancerous lump. Well, we think it's cancerous lump taken off. And I was really like on edge all day. Now, people on social media won't have seen that. I mean, I mentioned it in the playground. But generally, we only see what people want to share. There's no value to me telling the world, okay, I'm not getting much work done today because I'm worrying about the dog. Um, But, you know, that's a small minor example. But the important point I guess I'm trying to make is that I don't want you to run away with the idea that this will magically make everything better. I do maintain that with distance, like even the worst like miscarriages, for example, with the benefit of time and hindsight and afterwards, you can, like I'm glad they had a miscarriage because then when my sister went on to have miscarriages, it gave me an empathy and a, a sort of differentness that, you know, losing a child, I don't, you'd never get over losing a child. You know, an actual, I mean, I know a baby is a child. We're on sticky ground here, aren't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> I do maintain there's a difference between a baby that you've carried for nine weeks versus a 15-year-old who you've raised. And, you know, and I don't think anybody should have to bury their children. Nobody gets over having to bury their children. And I guess my point is that, yes, this stuff works day to day. When the tragic stuff happens, you have to feel those feelings and process them and all of that sort of stuff as well. That's just an aside, really, but it kind of feels important to mention it because I don't want anyone to think, oh, well, we can just magically make everything better because we can't. Yeah. It, it does, you know, it does work 99% of the time, but there are situations where yeah, it's, it's not. And yeah, I understand completely with the miscarriages thing. I had three and when they happened, it was so like overwhelming, but now looking back, like they still make me sad, but if I had had those babies, I wouldn't have these babies that I have now. So yeah changes a lot of things right absolutely oh no definitely yeah and I think as well it's funny because <laughs> when you when something really even even relatively irritating bad stuff like the time when I got lost <laughs> I think I wrote this in one of the things we just after Christmas when I took the wrong turning and I was really stressed out and sometimes in the moment it's really hard to go you know oh it's gonna, you know we're gonna find the positive things no I was on the wrong road going in the wrong direction I couldn't turn around for 15 minutes and I needed to turn around otherwise you know yes that stuff happens but then the reticular activating system stuff ha- helps because that's you can't stay sitting in those feelings so when you're ready to bounce back and get up from there that's where then you can get your brain to help you I guess yeah perfect so is there anything that you want to share with us? Like, I know I'm going to put links to your books and all that stuff in there. Um, is there anything specific that you want to, you know, like talk um, the playground, inviting people to it or what, anything? anything? Um, I meant to prepared, like, oh yeah, I should tell you this. No, I haven't actually, I, can, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I guess if anybody who's following along, who is a person of faith, who we talked about this beforehand, like this idea if you're somebody who gets frustrated with the Christians who go around like sending random DMs of like hate and scorn and you wish there was an antidote to that, that's what I'm building with the playground. And we are, I know you know about this, Amanda, I'm not publicly announcing it till Friday, but I've actually, God laid it on my heart to change the way that it's structured a little bit. I'm now making it available so that anybody can join regardless of budget and all the rest of it. And if you don't, if you hate Facebook, it's now not so Facebook focused and everything. So I guess that's my only thing is if there's anybody watching or listening who does go, Oh, I wish there was an antidote to that. 
then I would invite you to come and check out the Faith and Happiness Playground. That's my only invitation. Otherwise, otherwise, just keep being wonderful because, you know. (laughs) I love talking to you. You're the best. (laughs) You're the best too. It takes one to know one, you see. Right, there you go. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining me. And you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Just Boldly Go podcast. You can check out all we've got going on over at justboldlygo.com. And uh, you can check out my book, Mom Versus Debt, How I Paid Off $64,000 in Credit Card Debt in Under Three Years Without Becoming a Stripper at momversusdebt.com. Get ready.